I didn't know how I was going to start off today because I am still bitterly disappointed with the way that the game finished on Sunday. Obviously, there's a lot of mixed emotion for people who love the fact that we're careening towards the number two overall selection, perhaps the number three, an outside shot at number one. But I don't think that if Kyle Allen ever plays, if Kyle Allen continues to play football, we have no chance of ever being the number one seed. But here's my here's my situation. Now, we saw Green Bay fell from 6th to 13th or whatever it was. It's fun to see the Packer fans flip out about this. Why did we win a game against a team we always beat? Like, Because it's going to be one of your last times. I think Jaquan Brisker said it the best. Like, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. That's going to be one of the that's going to be one of the last ones for quite a while. And I hope right now that in this lost season for the Packers, you go out and you enjoy every last second of that. Aaron Rodgers going out always the person that he needs to be, making it all about himself, going out there saluting, which is uh putting it lightly, saluting the crowd. And I know that he's enjoyed the rivalry against the Chicago Bears. I just wish we could have sent him out one last time with a loss to really finally turn the tide. But you know what? Again, not to take not to take moral victories because moral victories stop starting next year. But there are some positives to be taken from that game. And you know what? Why don't we get those? Well, why don't we get to those? And uh, Sammy, go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. The much-needed bye week is upon us. But before all that, we are going to take an opportunity to look back at what happened on Sunday. And who better to talk about that than our co-host, Carmen Vitale of everything. Oh, my gosh. So festive with the <laughs> snow. And the, I'm so glad. Listen, before you came on. You had just jumped on, and I said, "Hey, Sammy." I go, "I go. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do the whole show in the green room. Let me be surprised by what Carmen's going to be doing." And you, you, you surpassed my expectations. How are you? Great. I mean, I figured I needed to switch it up, and I put a lot of effort into decorating my apartment for the holidays because it makes me very happy. So, uh, yeah, I got my snowflakes up, even though there's going to be real snowflakes outside my window at some point soon. But I decided, yeah, I was just gonna, you know. Bring a little Christmas cheer. I love it. I've got for for Bears fans because they didn't really have a lot to cheer about. After we did for about last game for about three quarters, forty-five minutes. It was great. Although I would not, I I did not, would not let myself get too excited. I know that you know I've seen this movie far too many times to really get comfortable at any point during the performance. So you know it, it finishes the way that it finishes, and I know that you were there. Was. What was what were your feelings of that game as you were watching it unfold, and then after afterwards when you got a chance to reflect? Yeah, I was a little like, I feel like I was a little confused because I the bear yes the bears were doing well, and that's not what I was confused about. But I was like, how much stock do I put into Aaron Rodgers' prior like I don't know just the experience that you have against Aaron Rodgers all the time? So the Bears Packers the Packers came into the game winning seven straight. Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that he's never out until he's out, like until the clock hits zero. There's always a chance with him. Yeah. But I was like, we haven't really seen that this year. And so I was like, is this the changing of the guard? Is this going to keep up? And then there was a series uh, late in the third quarter that like just switched everything for me and switched the entire game around. And it was the Bears incurring multiple uh, really awful penalties that, that stalled a drive out. They missed the field goal. Packers score a touchdown, and I was like, "This is it. This is this is the the comeback. The comeback's going to happen. It's going to." And sure enough, it did in very dramatic fashion. But uh, yeah, afterwards, I I was in Aaron Rodgers' press conference, and I just I think he's enjoying 
like how up in the air things are. Yeah. Like he's saying, you know, oh, you never know when it's going to be the last place you play. You know, this is the last time you play at a place. And I don't know. I just, I just think that that was. And then he was naming off his Chicago moments, like the Chicago moments that stick out in his head. And the first one he mentions is Kobe Calais. Colby Calais. Uh, whose name, I, she's a fantastic singer. I haven't heard her name, though, in like probably right. five, six years, um, doing the national anthem with a ukulele player. And I'm like, all right, this is a troll, right? Yeah. Like, this is this is a troll? It's got to be a troll. Totally. So it, it was it was, it was was interesting. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what Aaron Rodgers does. He's, oh, my he's God. Never, he's, he's down, he's never out. And he's also the worst. He's also the guy that when you get an Evite, hits maybe. And what he wants <laughs> is everybody to beg him, oh, dude, you got to be there. You got to go. Oh, it won't be the same if you're not there. That's what he's looking for now. He wants validation on his life. He wants validation on his career. He wants everybody to praise him. Say, oh, we can't do it without you. You know, at some point, I wish that the – actually, I don't care because I am growing in confidence in this Bears team so much. Like, come back. Come back next year, Aaron. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed this time because Jaquan Brisker, again, said it best. Is like, dude, that's not going to happen much, if, if at all moving forward. So I, I hope he enjoyed his time. Go out there, make your little quips, salute the crowd. Your salute got a little, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about it, but listen, your salute was a little out of hand, but whatever. Do your, <laughs> You've earned it. Whatever. He, uh, did, he did get met with a few middle fingers, apparently. That's what he said. That's he should be. That's, I mean, that's, was that's flipping him the bird uh, uh, when he did the salute. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you would expect. So he's playing it like I figured he would play it. I just want didn't even if it would have cost us ten draft spots. I'm like ah, I, I just don't want him to have that moment. But again, I don't even think that they're. I don't even think you know the fact that the, the Packers are a factor for the playoffs of, of all the teams. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would say Detroit has a better chance of making the playoffs than the Green Bay Packers. When those two teams meet up again, I'm like I don't think you're beating Detroit. I I still think we're better than Detroit, which is crazy. I. I keep thinking we're better than all these teams that we're beating. And I'm like, we just can't quite figure it out yet. And so I was thinking about that series of events with you. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not going to get into the penalties because it sound we we sound not that we sound stupid, but I saw a graph on the on the internet there, on the on the Twitter, like teams that complain about the, the penalties the most. And I'm like, we've got to be number one. Somehow we weren't. We were number two. And then I was like, <laughs> We're justified, but I'm like, okay, I don't want to get into that. But we hit a number of penalties, stalled, and then they got a bunch of penalties in their favor to score. And you're like, you just want to give them points? Like, whatever. Um, but it was the situation, the the drive that ended with the blocked field goal. Yeah. That one is going to stick out to me because when they ran the ball on third and five, I was not mad in the least because it looked like Cairo was, was struggling a little bit. He was kind of in his head. Some things were going on. I was certain that they were going to go for it. And I'm like, oh, they're running because, like, see if they can catch him. And now we go for it on, on, we go for it on fourth, as we should have been. Something that Matt Eberflus intimated during the offseason, like, yeah, we're going to go for it all the time. And I thought <laughs> it was a perfect opportunity to go for it. What was your read on that sequence of events? Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like they played it a little too conservative given that the momentum was starting to slip away from them. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you really want to be aggressive and this is a team that you want to be aggressive against, I mean, this is a pro- complete pride matchup at this point because neither of these teams have really realistically any long-term goals to play for right now um, with regarding this season, of course. Yeah. So I'm like, this is a pride matchup. So like... Yeah. Have have fun with it. Be a little bit more aggressive than maybe you would be otherwise. Get the crowd into it a little bit more. And then, yeah, when you see the momentum kind of slipping out of your hands, do something to maybe recapture it a little bit. And, I mean, because that would have been demoralizing for, for the Green Bay Packers um, had they converted. And then instead they get the blocked field goal, which was interesting. So we all saw it was blocked. And then in the press box, the, press, the PA announcer just goes, uh, correction on that last field goal. It was just short. It wasn't blocked. And we were oh, all man. like, what? So Crazy. in the locker room after the game, I went to the Packers locker room and I went immediately up to Dean Lowry, who's hometown kid, went to Northwestern, 
Yeah. Um, and I was just like, you blocked that, right? And he's like, uh, well, my hand is super sore right now, so I don't think it's super sore for no reason. Like, I caught a big piece of that ball. Uh, but it was just very interesting. I, you know, that was a big momentum shift for them. That was something that, you know, uh, galvanized the Packers and Rodgers. But, I mean, we saw it again last night with Tom Brady. Like, these these old guys, there's something to be said for experience. Yeah. And for the precedent that they've set. And now the Packers have eight straight against the Chicago Bears. That's fine. It's all good. I know I'm sitting here on the Titanic reading to everybody. Like, no, 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 we're fine. We'll, no, just we'll, play, we'll, play the violin. We'll make it's it. Yeah, keep the, band going. Keep, the ba- keep the band it's going. Keep the band going. Yeah, that was one of the ones... Again, I, I don't know. I don't know if Eberflus talked about it. Uh, I guess they're on a buy. I don't know if you've seen them in a building or, or run into them afterwards. I just wonder if he's now evaluating that stuff and just saying, like, oh, I wish I would have done that. And I understand, like, it's a work in progress. He's a first-time head coach. It's going to take a little bit of time yeah. uh, for him to really get, you know, like, we're all growing. Like, we're all growing as a team. I'm curious, though. I know he probably wanted to, although they're very open. I, I feel the coaching staff is very open. I feel like that's one where he's like, I really wish I would have gone for it. Even now knowing what happened, because I thought for sure it was setting up. Like the only reason you would run there was to, because uh, you're going for it on fourth down and you were just trying to catch them slipping. Yeah, I, I that would have made sense. Um, but they had been leaning on Dave Montgomery a little bit more earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally tweeted about it, about how I was like, oh, it looks like they're kind of relying more on David Montgomery's legs than Justin Fields' legs. And then Justin must have heard my thoughts in my yeah. head because he then broke off a 56-yard touchdown run. Um, but that being said, I mean, yeah, I I think you always evaluate those those things as coaches. But also, I mean, like you, you didn't – you can't rely on your defense in these situations either. Like that hadn't been something I, they had done better than I thought. And they had actually gotten some pressure in the first half on Aaron Rodgers, kind of forcing him out of the pocket, throwing on the run, doing all that kind of stuff. But that had stalled out um, in the second half a little bit more. And I mean, like, you know, they, it's through no fault of their own. They're missing most of their secondary secondary and uh, they weren't really great against uh, the run either um, leading up to this game and stuff like that. So I, I don't, I think that maybe that was protecting the defense a little bit too. Like we don't want to stress them right now, especially like when momentum is slipping out of our hands. So I see both sides of it. And I'm sure that that was all stuff that was being weighed in Matt Eberflus's head. And I'm sure it's still weighed on him after the game. Um, but that's one of the things that you go back and evaluate. And yeah, you made a good point. He's a new coach. He doesn't really have his new head coach period. So he doesn't really yeah. know his identity as far as being a head coach and what he goes for, what he doesn't, the tendencies and stuff like that. He's, he doesn't have any tendencies yet. So he's trying to figure those out. Um, yeah. I, like, again, it's easy to say that now be like, I wish they would have been a little more aggressive. You know, it doesn't matter like what the outcome of the, like they, you wanted to win this game for pride's sake and you have a little bit more fun with it. You maybe have a little bit more leeway than if you were actually in the hunt. Um, but I mean, it is kind of, Getting knocked out of the playoffs, like or like a playoff contention, I should say, by yeah. the Packers again, is just like the most serendipitous way for this season to effectively end. Yeah, it is. It is pretty awful. And of all teams, and then of course they go to they go ahead in the all time wins and all that stuff. Yeah. So all yeah, that Rogers again, but all about that, that after it too. He like this that, he that stuff was in his head. Yeah. Um, you know throughout this whole this whole thing he takes that kind of stuff very seriously oh he absolutely does and he's gonna watch i i don't even know if he'll play like once they lose next or in two weeks then he's out he's probably gonna be done they're gonna get some opportunities to evaluate jordan love i would think probably play up the injury or whatever it is because i just felt like i've been saying this all along i've been saying it here i've been saying it on the nfl network i'm like there is only one game left in this season that aaron Rodgers cares about and that's beating the bears in soldier field and i He's going to go out and do his thing, and he's going to be a smug a-hole through the whole thing. And he was exactly how it was predicted. I just wish that we could get to the point where this is not as – well, it's predictable in our favor, uh, which is what I would like to see. But you know what? That's okay. And I know for the people who love the tank and all that, so, oh, we, we – okay, that's fine. Like, <coughs> I, don't, I don't mind – I don't agree necessarily with all that talk. This was not the week to be bringing it up. Like, let us be hurt. Let us be upset. And I think for most people, we wanted to beat the Packers. But uh, let us be hurt this week, and then we'll talk about the draft in a couple of weeks. But um, 
I don't know. What was what was the crowd like walking out of the stadium? Uh, well, I I walk out a lot later. Than oh, most. that's true. That's true. Um, but there were I mean there were some people that were still you know by the time I got to my car we're kind of sitting around in the parking lot just drinking a beer just you know hanging out until the place cleared out. Uh, I did see a car full of Packers fans with somebody um, losing their lunch over oh. the side as it was driving away. That was really Classic. special. I was like, right. oh god, all right. So someone had too much fun uh, at the game. But yeah, no, I mean. I again, like I, it's hard when uh, you cover a division to in the in division teams play each other to figure out how to get like be in two places at once. Yeah. So usually my my thing is I go toward to the winning locker room. Of course. Um. So that's what I did. So I was in the Packers locker room. I was in the Packers, uh, you know, post game press conferences and stuff like that. So I didn't really get the feel of the team um, as far as the Bears go. But I also know that you know they had they're they're waiting for this buy. They have a lot of guys that are banged up. I have to think yeah. that there's somewhat of a relief now that this is over totally. um, to kind of reset a little bit now. But, I mean, yeah, you're going to go into the bye with a bad taste in your mouth. No one likes to do that. No one likes to go into a bye with a loss, especially against a team like this that has had your number when you were so close. I think that's what, like, again, like the first time these teams met, it wasn't close. This time it was close. The Bears were the better team for most of that game. And then – Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. Then the unpleasantness unpleasantness happened, unfortunately. Um, I think we'll take some questions. Do we have any questions, Sammy? If we do, go ahead and bring them up. Because I do want to talk about the Justin Fields interception at some point. Yeah. Because um, I have some thoughts on that. If the Bears get the second overall pick, what would you like to see? Thank you for the question, Ethan. You know, I think for a lot of people, the, the general consensus is that you would trade down and acquire multiple players because it is going to take multiple players to really get back to a spot where this team is a Super Bowl contender. I already foolishly think this team's a playoff contender. If you think of the losses this year, think of like the Giants, uh, the Commanders, the – who else did, did we have? Like like such fluky things happen. Uh, the Vikings, um, this with the Jets. The Jets, yeah. The, the Jets is the one where you're like, okay, that didn't work out well. But there was no Justin Fields. I thought this was a very winnable game. I look at the, the schedule board, you know, we're 3-10, and 10, but you're like, four of those games could have gone the other way. And then we would be 7-5 and five where the Giants are right now. And you'd be like, or the, the Commanders. Actually, the Commanders would be 6 and whatever. But still, you'd be like, oh, like they're in the hunt. They would be putting up those photos on the NFL Network where they're like, hey, in the hunt, Chicago Bears. So I think that the talent is that regardless of what people think, and obviously we need upgrades in a, in a couple of spots, that the team is like, actually, they're pretty good. And if we could get an elite level player with the number two overall pick that can just consistently get to the quarterback, I would not be mad at staying at that spot. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking like Will Anderson, which who should be available there, um, I think ideally what you do is you trade down only a couple spots. Yeah. And you like you get depending on who that number three team is behind you or the number four team behind you, whoever it is that's behind you, odds are they're probably going to be a quarterback needy team because there are quite a few this year. And then seeing if there's a team that wants to get ahead of them. And maybe that team is all. And if there's a team that wants to get ahead of him for a quarterback, they're likely not very good either. So you probably wouldn't have to trade down a whole lot. And then maybe could still get an elite pass rusher and could still get a guy like Will Anderson. I mean, if you're picking fourth and, you know, there's three quarterbacks that go one, two, three. uh, That's not out of the question. So then you you get the best of both worlds. You get an elite pass rusher and then. I think we have seen, though, just from this past draft, I mean, granted, there was a lot of limited capital that Ryan Poles had to work with, but he traded down multiple times to acquire more picks. So I think that that's something that's obviously he's very comfortable doing and something that's top of mind and maybe a strategy as far as especially if you do have a ton of confidence in your evaluations of these players and you have, depending on what your board looks like, and you have maybe 5, 10, 15 players that you really love that you would be ecstatic with, um, then yeah, I mean, do that, get, and then you can get maybe two or three of those players because you're picking, you know, multiple times, three, four times in the top 50. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty ideal for me, but that's again, that's an ideal world. But again, you also have a ton of flexibility, uh, in cap space. So to like, to do, we'll see what happens in free agency. I think getting past free agency, that's really going to tell us a lot about what their draft strategy is going to be. 
uh, depending yeah. on who they get in free agency, how much they spend in free agency, um, all that kind of stuff. So we'll, that's going to be very, very interesting very, very soon. Yeah, and I don't blame people for running ahead now and doing their mock drafts and be like, this could happen, that could happen. Oh, it's starting. Oh, it's starting. And it, it's on the once once we're eliminated from the playoffs, I'm cool with it. Like you got to go do what you got to do and if you want to entertain yourself, I'm still loving the idea of going out and watching Justin Fields. We'll continue to go to Rip Beer Company uh in week 15 to go watch the game and we'll be there and hang out, have a good time and everybody will talk and our friend Clayton will talk too much and it'll be fine. It'll be a good time. But I just still think that, you know, it I I still want that impact player because I think that through the draft if we have the opportunity, and like you said, though, if there is a team at three, because Carolina, I think our friend is going to be Sam Darnold, and I think the Carolina Panthers are going to end up winning more games than they should. So they're going to end up, you know, falling a little, like creating a little bit of space between us. And uh, But there are way too many teams, and I, I saw this on Twitter. I forget. I'm, I apologize to whoever tweeted this out. But they're like, there are way too many teams that have less than five wins. Like, it feels impossible. And yet here we are. Uh, there's the, the, it's bunched up. It's like, God, yeah, the teams that are at the bottom are really at the bottom. But then, you know, when I, when I watch the Texans play a team that we beat, but we beat that before the fields breakout. When you look at that team, you're like, that's, that's a terrible team. Like they're not good. The saints did not look good. They play really well against the, your Buccaneers. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, listen, I got to give it to you. Um, those teams look bad. The Bears, like, as bad as we look, I, I don't know if it's because we have Justin Fields that you're just like, oh, yeah, we got Fields. So, like, it kind of washes a lot of things away, but he's also a really good player, and so I'm enjoying Well, I think you're it. in a unique spot, too, when you're picking that high and you don't need a quarterback. Yeah. That doesn't happen rough. a lot. Very So, rough. like, when you are picking in the top three, uh, but you're not a quarterback-needy team, I think that that's, that's such a good spot to be in, and that's why I have – I'm so ecstatic for this offseason for the Chicago Bears because I just feel like you're going to be able to do so many good things if you're Ryan Poles and really build this roster really quickly and actually like turn this whole thing around way quicker than you would if you were A, if you still had a quarterback, B, if you had a quarterback that was a veteran quarterback that wasn't costing you. Like right now, Justin Fields, not only do you have your quarterback, you have your quarterback cheap. So like, again, across the board, this is such a good situation for a team to be in. Um, yeah. And I really, and I just, that's why it makes me so excited for this off season. Oh, same. And just having the quarterback situation finalized. And not only that, like people love playing them in fantasy football, like generating a buzz, just not only in Chicago, but across the country. And speaking of fantasy football, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy store sports. All you have to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up. I had one of my neighbors do it this weekend. He was asking me. He was going to go for some other. He was going to use one of their competitors. I'm like, no, no, no. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now because not only is it the best app to play on, but they will match your first deposit up to $100. All you got to do is use the promo code SICK, and then Underdog Fantasy will match the money that you put in there. So if you put, even if you put in 25 bucks, they'll match it to 25 bucks. If you put in a thousand, they're going to give you a hundred. But that's the thing. Is a great opportunity. And you know what? If you're sitting here, I know a lot of fantasy leagues are uh, having their final week of the season this year or this week. They also, uh, there's a lot of people who already know they're not making the fantasy playoffs. Very Bears like. Like I got kicked out of my, I got knocked out of the playoff contention in my league of record. And now it's like, you know, I'm going to go to fantasy. I'm going to go to underdog and I'm going to restart and uh, give it a new go and see what can happen. And I implore a lot of you to do it and download that app because that app is cool. It lets you know who's in and who's out. So underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com for the boomers who like to do it off a desktop. You can still do that, but download the app for the rest of us. All us kids, uh, underdog fantasy, we download the app and we go. Uh, How about another question, Sammy, if we could? Oh my gosh, Ron, thank you so much. Bears need to replace their entire front four on defense. We need a pass rush. What do you think? I I feel like you're onto something. I feel like we have a lot of players who would be good as part of a rotation but Carmen we have to absolutely get to the quarterback right yeah and honestly more than the pass rusher which again like I said I'm a huge fan of Will Anderson's I think that if he's there you get him or you know you try to get it finagle a way that you can get him and maybe some more picks that being said though 
you're going to help out whatever pass rush you get if you get a true three tech. And that's what this defense is so predicated on is being really solid up front with that three tech, building off of that three tech. And again, having that guy being able to eat up blockers to give more favorable matchups to the guys on the outside. And that's something that is missing. Justin Jones has done a really good job. Um, but again, like you just said, I think he's better as a rotational player. Yeah. You need like, I hate that the bears got rid of a Hicks. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. he's on the Bucks, like, you know, just for my own fan purposes. But um, I really think that he would have done really well in the, in, in this, in this defense. And so, and the bears would have been good at least for a couple of years until they could figure out what else to do at that position. But now it just kind of speeds up the timetable a little bit more. You definitely need to get a guy that's a plug and play guy, whether that's in free agency, whether that's in the draft. Um, so I, yeah, you need that guy. And ideally, yeah, more guys along that front. But I mean, in a four, three, you're, you're counting those pass rushers, those outside pass rushers as part of the front. So focus on the pass rush, but that doesn't always mean pass rushers that can also yeah. be those interior guys. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry if I was uh, unclear, but yeah, Keen okay. Hicks was one of my favorite players. I always appreciated him. I know a lot of people, you know, were running their mouths when he left, but I go, you know what? He's a good, he's like, like one of the most unsung players uh, mm-hmm. every place that he's gone. So um, it's been a disappointment and then it goes back to, I haven't really followed uh, Larry Ogunjobi that much for his time in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he's doing anything, but at the same time, you know, once you get that settled, I think again, like you said, it's going to make a huge impact. Just put pressure on these quarterbacks. We see what happens to a lot of these guys. Like Aaron Rodgers was playing bad, not, not being pressured. If we were even making him sort of uncomfortable, that would have been a huge difference in that game. I think we could have coerced the penalties. That's another thing, too. Is like We've got to start creating turnovers. When your yeah. defense is bad, birds played, or is, you know, giving up a lot of production, the one thing that you really want is like, can we get a turnover just to kind of stem the tide for a little bit? And I know that Aaron Rodgers prides himself on not turning the ball over, but at the same time, you got to go That's in there true. and mix it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. What did you yeah, think no, though? I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, not only you need that guy for, for those, but you need a three tech to actually put pressure on the quarterback itself. That's the other thing about the scheme is you want um, a three tech that can rush the passer from the interior because that's the shortest distance to the quarterback. So that's and that's something that we haven't seen at all out of the Bears is interior pressure either. So I wish we could go shopping on the uh, Colts defense and figure out who we need. Like you guys aren't going to be competitive for years. Give us what do we need? Just give us some of your guys. Just to yeah, be cool. I, I I mean you have to think that those guys would be willing to if you know I don't I need to look up who the Colts free agents are. Because, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, everybody likes playing for Eberflus. They love him. Players love playing for him. He's a real big players coach. Um, So I have to think that they would be inclined to follow him. For sure. Did I mention this last week? I I feel like I mentioned it somewhere, but like Chase Daniel, who I work with, you know, he was, Eberflus was the defensive coordinator at Missouri when Chase Daniel was there. And he was talking about talking him up so much like, and it's not like he like legitimately played for him. He was like the quarterback. And he loved the defensive coordinator. So I think that's going to be a huge plus for us moving forward, especially in free agency. Cause it's, it's so funny. Like people are like, who wants to go play in Chicago? I'm like, watch like NFL players are like all of us. They watch football. They keep track of it. There are so many people who want to, who will want to come play with Justin Fields. There's no question in my mind. He is going to be one of those guys that we, when we get into a position of, you know, we're competing with another team for these players. I think that a lot of guys will be like, yeah, I'll go play with Justin Fields. Like, obviously, we have the money to spend. But I think the allure of Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus is going to be huge in free agency. And I think a lot of people are being dismissive of that. And they really need to stop. Yeah. But um, let's yeah, talk I about just, the- oh, sorry. I just looked up the uh, who's, who's about to be a free agent. And I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is, is the biggest yeah. one coming up to be a free agent. Uh, so pass rush wise, defensive end wise. He's a, yeah. And unfortunately he didn't, I don't think that he crossed with Eberflus because I was talking about that yeah, yeah. recently and you might've been the one who corrected me on that one, but still um, I think Nguakwe has been in the AFC South long enough that I think that he was in Jacksonville when Eberflus was in Indianapolis. Again, I could be wrong. I could be out on a limb, but yeah, I think no. the reputation for Matt Eberflus is, uh, is out That's there. What I, I, I would think that, um, you know, the guys all talk. 
And yeah. I'm sure that, you know, he's, he's heard plenty about what things were like before he got there. And, um, you know, the Eberflus in, in command. So I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't count that out even though. Yeah. But yeah, you've got Ofedi Odenabo, Taekwon Lewis as a D tackle. Um, he might yeah. still be a rotational player, though. But know. still, there'll be an but opportunity. Still. But still, yeah, an opportunity to see what. And of course, uh, Shaq Leonard, but he's we're, we're not getting him in any event. Um, how about another, do we have another question, Sam? Just want to make sure uh, we're not leaving anybody. What's your? Oh, okay. You know what? Oh, first yeah, interception. So we had. Wait. So if I'm reminded, the first interception, the uh, Jair Alexander one. If mm-hmm. I'm if I'm thinking that this is what we're talking about, thank you for asking. Bear down, Adam. What did you see on the play, Carmen? I have my own thoughts. I sat down with a former or current NFL quarterback to go over the play, but I'm curious as to what you thought. Yeah, I mean, that was so. Again, the Packers go up by one point. You've got 449 on the clock. I'm like, all right, perfect four minute offensive offense situation here. This is like, I even said it on Twitter. Um, I responded to a friend of mine because I was just like, this. This is what you need to see out of Justin Fields to eradicate all of the questions that are still out on him because there are still questions still out on him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, as a passer, he just hasn't had the reps. You want him to get more reps. Um, and you want to see that he can come through for this team when it's when he needs to. And mm. this was the – I mean, this was the stage, right? It's against the Packers. You've been playing well all game. They finally caught up to you. They got their first lead of the game. It's only one point. All you need is a field goal. And you've got four minutes and 49 seconds of the clock to milk down as much as possible. And that drive started out so well. And, I mean, they were moving the ball. Cole Komet's getting involved. You're running. There's a good mix of run and pass and all that. Like, you're taking some time off the clock. Green Bay's not trying to use their timeouts yet. You know, it's ahead of the two-minute warning, all that kind of stuff. So to then throw that pick, which, again, I don't understand why you throw in that situation. You had just – Pass the ball. You had gotten the first down. Like I don't know why you're not running the ball. Yeah. Um. In that situation, because you need to again, you need to milk clock. And not to mention, I don't know why you're going all the way down the field over the middle. Like that is just like I get that you want your guys to stay in bounds, and that's totally cool. But like they had been doing that well enough. Like it was clear that these guys have they're they're good at situational football. Like which which is it has to be the coaching staff drilling this into them stay in bounds, make sure, you know, do whatever you can. That does, that shouldn't preclude you from throwing outside the numbers. Like yeah. you can do that and trust your players to stay in bounds and to keep the, keep the clock going. So you don't need to throw it over the middle. You certainly don't need to throw it that far. So I was just like, Oh God. And I, again, I don't know, you know, who's neither of those guys are going to give up whose decision that was. If that was, you know, if, <laughs> was, if that was, Justin deciding to to throw over the middle, but like that was a lack of awareness to me, not only, you know, not seeing Jair Alexander, but also to make the decision to throw that ball. Like at that point, I would have rather fields kind of ran it a few yards ahead and slid um, done something like that. I just, I like it, it, it failed to answer the questions I needed it to answer. And yeah. I was a little tough on fields for it, but like at this point you are familiar with this offense. Uh, you were hundred percent medically cleared to play and you had showed up, you know, throughout the rest of that game, the 56 yard touchdown runs, 56 yard touchdown pass. You know, he's, he's quarterback sneaking on third and one, like there was, there was no limitations yeah. on field. So I can't, I can't, I don't have any excuses for him and the excuses are just running out in general and so i was i was a little disheartened to be quite honest and i know that people are probably going to hate me for coming down on fields but i think it's a fair criticism and i i again i don't know if that was getsy i don't know if that was fields but that was not the play to run and there was some a lot of questionable play calling um down that stretch uh in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter you know it's it's interesting because like you i thought in that situation it would have been it would have been prudent to not only run the football, but when you watch the play, on uh, when you watch the replay, David Montgomery is is open for the dump off. Yeah. So there's a lot of things where personally I'm like, okay. So I sat down with a current NFL quarterback. I don't know if I should say who it is. It's not going to take you very very long to figure out who it was. Um, but here's my thing: is I said, well, listen, this is what we did. Like I'm, I'm like he and I said like with maybe they should have ran here. And 
you know, the argument is like, no, you got them reeling. It's okay to try to go for it. Like you want to see Justin Fields in these situations. Like you kind of want him to throw it. Like when you're talking about development, you know, you kind of like, let's see what he can do. Let's, let's see the decisions that he makes. And he gets a clean pocket, gets a good look. The thing is the defense that the Packers are running, they've got three up top and they've got three underneath. But when you do that, that means there's a nickel on one side and there's a linebacker on the other side. So he said, and again, I'm, I'm regurgitating what I've heard. So this, don't think that I'm like a super, like I become this savant all of a sudden. But he said, Justin makes the right read because he picks the side that the linebacker's on, which is exactly where you want to go. And he said, like the antis, he's like, he's like, I was fine with the timing. He would, he was fine with the timing. He put it in a pretty good spot. He stopped short and, and this quarterback will at times like is not afraid to throw a wide receiver under the bus. And that was the contention I had. It's like ESB has got to make a, he's got to do a better route. And I was watching JT O'Sullivan's breakdown of it today. And he's like, yeah, he puts down the, the turn signal. He does everything wrong. He doesn't fight back to the ball again. Like the read was correct. He knows where he's going. He goes through a progression. He feels like it's open. Sometimes players make plays. Jair Alexander had not been making plays, but he was able to jump the route. And, you know, it's a difficult situation and it's a, it's a learning spot. And I think, Carmen, we're in that, but we're in that thing about like, you want to see answers. Maybe the Bears do too. Like, let's have him throw it here. Like, we know he can run it. Yeah. We know we probably could have done, checked it down. Let's see what happens. And now you have something to look at that everybody can learn from. Now, you don't want to sit there and blow a game because of it. But I think that, you know, according to this NFL, current NFL quarterback, he's like, he made the right read. He made a good throw. It's there. He's like, you know, he did say, he goes, you would want your receiver to be more of an active participant there. Um, <laughs> but still was giving credit to Jair Alexander. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So, you know, it was, it was a bummer. Like it really was. And there's, again, I think that it's very fair to have some questions. And this is what I would ask Luke or Matt or anybody like that. It'd be like, why did you not, why did you not go for it when you knew I knew he was going to miss that field goal? Um, why didn't you go for it there? Like if we're developing things and it still helps us win, what is the, what is the process? I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. What is the process? I thought that they did make some good decisions and they're, you know, we can go through the game. You'd be like, good throw here, good throw there. There was a, one throw that was atrocious that he just had bad footwork on. It was on a thread that I uh, retweeted where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that play. I'm like, I'm, how that didn't get picked, I'll never know. But you know what? Sometimes these things happen. So I think that, you know, I'm going to look at that again and just go out and say, good read, got to be better. And that's fair to say, because we see quarterbacks miss that throw a lot. And yeah. even really I mean, good quarterback. That's great context. And, you know, it, it, if that was ESB's, you know, bad, great. Um, that's not, it's not an indictment on Justin, obviously. But I mean, you can't have it both ways. If you're the coaching staff though, right? Like yeah. you said you were trying to win this game. And if you're trying to win this game, then you're not evaluating Justin Fields as a passer right now. Like you're just doing what you can yeah. and you're supposed to, you're doing what you need to in that situation to again, milk the clock. And cause like, even if you go for it and even if you score a touchdown, you're going to go up by, by six points. Um, again, I don't know that you trust your defense right now, given how hurt they are, given the guys that you traded away to keep you in that game with that much time for Aaron Rodgers. So like yeah. you need to keep the ball away from him for, for a long time. And I, again, like, in practice, every single practice I've ever attended includes some sort of four-minute offense, some sort of four-minute drill, in addition to the two-minute drill, all that other stuff. Like These guys practice these situations all the time. And so I wanted to see that be executed. And again, whether that was on Justin, whether that was on Luke, Getsy, I'm not sure because obviously we don't know what's going on in back and forth in the headset. Um, but I, you know, it's it's a learning curve for both of them, right? Because Luke Getsy's mm -hmm. a first-time play caller too. Yeah. And I just, the scene was set and it was, again, that was just, that was what was so disheartening uh, for the Chicago bears because it was like, all right, this is, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. And it didn't work. And then Justin throws the other interception, you know, with a minute and change left on the clock um, down nine, which again was, was going to be a huge long shot anyway. So I'm like, I don't place as much emphasis on that. Interception. Yeah, um, but the, the first one that was, that was, that, that sucked. It just sucks. Yeah. It was it was bad. I think, yeah, and it's and it's the thing too. Like, if Justin Fields goes down, and as you said, let's say we're up six points, we miss an extra point, we do whatever, that's fine. 
Uh, losing with Justin scoring the touchdown and Rodgers rallying them, which probably in the in the short term would have been more obnoxious. But I think in the long term, you wanted to be able to be like, well, Justin did what he did. The, the defense is playing third stringers. Like, it is what it is. And it would have been maybe a little bit more palatable, but still – I don't think either one. Actually, they both suck, so it doesn't matter. But listen, something to work on. I think, again, I just, you know, just taking the positives of the reads. And that's the one thing. That's another criticism, too. Not just you, but like everybody else who's like, is he making the right reads? Is he making the right progressions? And I think that everything about that was good except the execution, uh, <laughs> right? which is which fair. Is what they're, which what is they've fair. been struggling with all season long. Which is fair. But I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that we're able to listen. I want to be, I'm glad we're able to clear the air about that because it reminds me that we spend 90% of our time indoors and indoor air uh, can be five times dirtier than the air outside. And an air pura, air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, and viruses from your breathing air. Use code 67, that's S-I-C-K-7 for 7% off your air purifier and uh, I will tell you, I have one in the house. I have it for the kids. The uh, the kids at school, they're, they're all coughing. Everybody's got something, it feels like. Everybody's being sick this time of year. So an air, pura, air purifier gives you a little bit extra defense, uh, which the Bears could certainly need and it's something they will be addressing in the near future. But how about another question, though, if we got one? And if not, it's cool. Um, Jay Capone de Don uh, do you think Alex Leatherwood is the right tackle moving forward? I'm really excited about what he can bring with him and Tevin manning the right side. Uh, limited play, limited. Uh, very limited. Yeah, very limited this week. Very but uh, what do the trench girl think here? Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't see a whole time. I'm going, I'm going to get his exact snap count right now because it was still mostly Riley Reef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was he because he only had ten offensive snaps. Yeah, uh, Alex Leatherwood did. And, you know, he's coming off the injury. He's progressing well. Iberflus was asked about him after the game. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, I don't have enough of tape on him with the Bears in this system to make that, you know, that evaluation at all. Uh, you need to see a lot more from him. And maybe, you know, down this stretch, uh, these last few games of the season, you will see more of him. And and kind of evaluating, but they, I mean, he's Iberflus said that he's progressing, and they like where he's at, and all of the things that Iberflus is going to say um, about a guy that they picked up in season. But yeah, we just haven't seen enough of him. And I, I did notice that though, you know, like you got Riley Reef, who's the honorary captain, he makes a start. He's banged up though, so then you you bring in uh, Alex Leatherwood for a series, but he only ended up ultimately getting ten snaps. So um, I was like, oh, they they're they're doing a rotation, and they switched him. And then all of a sudden, like, Riley's back. And I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, I, I think that with Riley, and this is my pure conjecture, Riley Reef being there, they, um, you know, I think it was a, they brought him in because they wanted him to play against the Packers, give them the best chance to win. That's why he was the captain. And I think that after the bye, they were looking at, you know what, we're going to say. Too. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was his birthday. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of factors as to why you would give him an opportunity in that moment. But ultimately, you know, we're going to start seeing more Leatherwood. Some other guys, you know, some of the other guys are getting an opportunity to play as well. I mean, Jack Sanborn being able to play as much as he is and everybody falling in love with him. You've seen our friends at Good Morning Football already talk him up. They were calling yeah. themselves the uh, Jack, yeah, Jack Sanborn show of record. And I said, as part of the national media, of course, because shows like the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, uh, the tape never lies. All of our friends, you know, we're uh, we've been talking Jack Sanborn for year now for uh, since the beginning of the year. So it's it's been fun to see. The bye week is here though, so we're gonna get a little bit of a break. Uh, the show will return on. We'll still have a show on Friday. Don't worry about that. We got plenty more to get into. What's the key for the Bears going into the bye week? I mean, we we saw a bunch of adjustments happen in that mini bye, right? Yeah. And this is again, this was when the Bears still, you know had hopes of contention or again, maybe sliding into a wild card spot. I thought that that didn't look too unfathomable after they ripped off a few wins there. Uh, now I think a, I mean, your, your number one focus is health. You want to make sure that Justin is fully healthy, no matter if he was medically clear to play great, 
Um, but that that doesn't necessarily mean 100%, even though I believe Ibaflus used the term 100%, but nobody's 100% at this point. No. Um, so I think, again, number one focus is health at this point. And then, yeah, I mean, I think that you start trying things like we just talked about with Alex Leatherwood. Maybe you throw him in there a little bit more. Again, get fields more reps, as many reps as you possibly can in in the in those passing situations. Um, I, you know, I mean, we're, we were talking about shutting fields down prior to this game, and then he goes out and he plays, and he's un- he's not limited and all that other stuff. So, um, this isn't a situation like the Packers have where you have somebody waiting in the wings to figure out what to do with. Like you, Justin Fields is presumably your guy. Uh, you're not gonna at least you're not gonna do anything about it you know, this off season, even if you still have questions about him. So this is, you know, an opportunity for him to answer again, any of those last remaining questions, but you're going to stick with him through this next year uh, at the very least. So yeah, I mean, health first and foremost, but uh, figuring out where guys are best suited, what positions they're best suited for Um, even defensively, you know, you've got a lot of guys hurt, Maybe you start playing guys in different spots and seeing, and and maybe you start throwing some different guys in that at that nickel spot and, and rotating with Kyler Gordon, just as an example. Um, figuring out those those that second level linebacker lineup. You got Jack Sanborn again as a strong side Sam linebacker, but maybe you figure out is Nicholas Morrow. You know he switched spots. Is he supposed to be where he is and and all those things? I think this is all an evaluation um, after the bye. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I, I think he put it best when he said when they came out of the mini buy, that team looked different. It was almost night and day. So this will be another opportunity for the Bears to do that. Get guys like Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker rested up, ready to go. So a lot of interesting things to look forward to. So even though the team has been eliminated from the playoffs, that doesn't mean there isn't a lot to take interest in and to watch. And while we're doing our mock drafts and everything like that, there is still Plenty of guys on the field that are worthwhile watching, and I will continue to do that each and every week. And we will continue to be here each and every week, Tuesday nights for Taking to the Rank, and, of course, the pod on Fridays. So, Carmen, I want to thank you for being here. Where are you off to this week? Uh, actually, so the Bears are on a bye week. The Packers are on a bye week. The Lions and Vikings are playing each other. I will be oh. uh, at a wedding in Cabo. Stop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I leave on Thursday and I will be back to cover the Lions and Vikings. But um, yeah, it's going to be, I, it's, it was a very, it was a welcome situation when I realized that my friends were getting married and the Bears and the Packers are both on a bye week. So perfect. It worked out. Well, like they, like, <laughs> as they like to say at weddings, how about one more for the road? Well, let's do another question. I, I feel like we need to. Adam, uh, do you think that the Bears are tanking just for a high-round draft pick? Uh, Ron, thank you for, uh, for, for adding that question. I, I think it's important to go over, and I know a lot of people were being coy with it about Luke Getze's, uh play calling, that it felt like they were tanking. I don't think that's the case at all. And I know we, we might have touched on this before, but I will tell you that, once again, when you're an athlete getting paid to play in the NFL, you do not have any intention to go out there and lose a football game. You still want to go out there and live in the moment. You put in too much work to not go out there and try to win that game. And especially against a franchise that has been so good against the Bears over the last couple of years, not historically. Did the Bears save the Packers in the 50s? They did. But here's the thing. You want to go out there and you want to you want to win. You know, I don't think these players who are on the last year of their contract or on a one-year prove-it deal are worried about the Bears' 2023 draft. They do not care. They want to win these games in the moment. So for me, I think it's a non-factor. I don't think that I don't think this Bears team wants to lose. I know that there was a situation in Miami a couple of years ago where the ownership group was pressing Brian Flores, allegedly. I don't know if this has been settled or anything like that, but the, the speculation was is that Brian Flores was uh, you know, asked to do this kind of thing. I don't I wouldn't expect that for the Bears organization. I don't think Matt. I don't think Matt Eberflus would show up if that was the case. This guy wants to go out and win, and he wants yeah. to put in a winning culture in Chicago. So I don't think this is. I don't think they're tanking at all. I think it's a happy accident. We're like, well, we're developing players. We're getting a draft pick. Well, we'll just take it for what it's worth. But I don't think that this is a, a goal to go out there and tank. No, and I mean, there's no incentive for the individual players to do that either. Because I mean, we talked about this, or I was talking about this after the game. Like, you wonder how many of these guys are actually going to be on this Bears team next year. And so if they're not, that means that these games are very important to these players individually, because this is your chance to put what you're about on tape. 
And this is your audition for 31 other teams. So even on an individual level, these guys have absolutely no incentive to, I mean, yes, they're all hurting. It's late in the season, yada, yada, yada. But again, we're anticipating a lot of roster turnover here. And the guys know that the guys aren't, the guys aren't stupid. So they're, they, they have every incentive to go out there and play their hardest because they know that they are auditioning for all of these other teams, all of these other coaches, the opponents, whatever it is uh, for people to notice them. So, and then again, like, yeah, I mean, Maddie Berflus, football coaches aren't wired that way. They're yeah. wired to win no matter what. Um, or try, try to win, you know, they are the ultimate competitors. People talk about, you know, the players being the ultimate competitors. The coaches are the ultimate competitors. Yeah. Good Lord for all the hours and everything that they put in. Uh, that's not supposed to be in vain. That's to win football games. So no, there's, I, yeah, there's with outside of, yeah, some very, I mean, like even that situation with the dolphins and Brian Flores, like he wouldn't do it. He was allegedly, yeah, he was allegedly offered six figures to take games. And he said, no, like yeah. <laughs> you can't sway guys with that much money. I mean, that's, that should give you some idea of how these guys are wired. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't spend that much time away from your family just to go and worry about some draft pick in 2023, which really isn't a guarantee anyway. So uh, I understand why people feel that way. And I know I understand people have questions about it, but uh, I am here to say that there is no way there's absolutely no chance this team is trying to tank, especially against Green Bay. Virginia McCaskey and yeah, the McCaskey family would never allow that. So uh, it's thanks for the question. We appreciate it. And I understand people have those kind of thoughts running through their minds, but there is absolutely no chance this team is tanking and they are trying to win games and they're trying to develop. So we'll end at that. I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank Carmen once again for being here and being awesome. Uh, we appreciate all of you. We will be back on Friday. Carmen will be at a wedding. Well, we're out here slaving away, working and doing all that stuff. But uh, in any event, Carmen, thanks again. I won't make you say any more words because I always throw you for a curveball when I do that. So let's just say bear down and get out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.